Hello and welcome to the Navy Blue Corner. I'm Ian, joined as always by my good mate, Lockie. And today is a special one because, Lockie, you know what we've just gone and done? We've hit 100 episodes! <laughs> Bang! <laughs> Bang! <laughs> Don't tell me that's the surprise that I was supposed to expect. That's Don't the surprise. Me. And look, that oh. one is a lot more of a of a visual one. Apologies to all those people wow. driving at home. Those were not gunshots that have gone off. Do not worry. <laughs> There are a couple of party poppers here. I don't know how well that's come out on the video, but look, we're high yeah, budget. Yeah. We've gone for broke. And I'll, I'll give one more. Come on, Lockie. 100 bloody episodes. Woo! There it is. Woo! Sorry, news. <laughs> oh, oh, and mate. look, oh, this, is, this is a massive milestone for us. I guess we're just incredibly humbled that you guys have stuck around for a hundred episodes and continue to keep mm. listening. It, it means a lot. And we're just really just so grateful for your support. And look, speaking of support, we are honored to say that this special occasion is proudly sponsored by Tonic on Churn. Tonic on Churn, located as the name suggests in Churn Park on the lovely Gold Coast. It is not only just a fantastic bar with a great wine list and amazing cocktails, but they also serve some beautiful tapas style share plates for everyone to enjoy the owner hugh is a massive carlton supporter so what's not to love look we truly thank tonic on churn for their generous support and look if you live on the goldie if you Mm. find yourself on holiday up there or as i implore you round 23 our game against the gold coast suns make your way up watch the mighty blues bloody win one and head into tonic on churn you are guaranteed a good time far out Love that. That that makes me want to get up there, mate. I think we need to add that to our radar. Well, we definitely do. We definitely do. Yes, well, we very much appreciate that support. And so we wanted to make this a big one. Our 100th episode, mate. Can't believe we're here starting this in the midst of the pandemic just for a little bit of fun. And we've made it to 100. Pretty exciting. Oh, geez. You've come so much more prepared than I have. I'm embarrassed. I forgot the, I forgot the party hat. It's almost a bit too late, but the party hat's oh, coming oh. on. Sorry to interrupt you there, Lockie. Again, no, a very feel... visual, very visual podcast, this one. And this is why, yeah, this is why you subscribe on YouTube. But <laughs> so we wanted to make this a, a special episode. Episodes, kind of a bit of a weak extravaganza, would you say? It definitely is, mate. Um, so we wanted to kind of, I guess, celebrate the Carlton community rather than make this all about us. Um, which so we normally compiled. we normally love to do <laughs> we are a bit of a me 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 podcast so this is kind of us giving back for once uh, which feels right um so we've gathered some great people and completed some pretty impressive interviews i'd say i think that went pretty well uh all pre-recorded so they're going to be coming out over the next week but the names yes terry Degani. terry Degani, of course the goat of the carlton community as we know and love from blue abroad Connor Rogers from the Goes All Right podcast. That was an absolute ripper. Mm. Dan Williams, better known as Pommy from Pommy and Oz, a frequent guest on the corner. Then, mate, you Ooh. sat down with Carlton legend, David Reese jones oh, How was that? Hyphen. Oh, he was unbelievable. Gave up his time, which he didn't have to do. Absolute yeah. legend of the Carlton Footy Club. Premiership player, Norm Smith medal winner. It was, just, it was just a lovely chat. I uh, really appreciate mm. that time. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. So good. And to wrap it all off, uh, I'll wrap it all up, I should say, tomorrow we'll be releasing our interview with the, as Ian put it here, the creme de la creme of these interviews, the one and only Anthony Kudafides 
Kuda! 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 Our man. Uh, so that was an, such a fantastic interview oh, with him. And he was very gracious with his time as well. So can't wait to get that one out there. Um, but as I kind of mentioned, so we're going to be splitting up uh, those interviews throughout the week and you'll be able to hear them all in full. Um, but here you're going to get a small little taste of each of those interviews, kind of like our little highlights. Um, so, yeah, it was a bloody great time doing it, mate. I'm excited for the people to get it in their ears. 100%. Yes, this episode, it's going to be just the, the absolute best parts of each of those interviews because otherwise this episode was going to go for about five hours long if we included mm-hmm. the whole interview. So a little bit of snippets, but as Lockie said there, Every single day this week, we'll be dropping the full interview, the interview in full, the whole bit Mm -hmm. um, with some amazing people. So keep your eyes and ears peeled every single day this week. But yes, we love doing it. We hope you guys enjoy. And thanks again for a great 100 episodes. Here's our interview with Anthony Kudafidis. It was an interesting one with that sort of playing group in 1993, have the grand final loss in 94, finish second on the ladder, Fortunately, have the, the straight sets um, finals exit. Go on to, to obviously win it in 95. I guess what was the, maybe the, the, the difference in that year that, that allowed that sort of Carlton group to finally get over the line and win the premiership? For it's a great you, anyway. question. Yeah, it's a great question. I, I sat as emergency in the 1993 grand final and uh, an unbelievable uh, reserves final series. I always tended to be, mm. go right come finals in the big games and uh, – well, I didn't get selected that day. But in 94, we had a wonderful year. And you, you're right. Like, we were on top of the ladder with a week to go. And we lost to uh, Essendon. So, we finished uh, second on the ladder. We mm. thrashed West Coast two weeks before that by may, at least 10, maybe 11 goals. I can't remember. We played in Princess mm. Park, who then went on to win the grand final. So, the final series then was first play eight, second play seventh, and so on. And yeah. so, we had Melbourne, who was seventh on the ladder, and we, we played all right in the first half, and then the second half faded out, and they beat us. And then we came up against Shalong, who had, I think, four of their, like, elite players out of the, their top ten uh, missing on that day. And we're like, oh, well, this is going to be uh, interesting. And they just um, annihilated us. So, we were concerned. There was talks that possibly Parker was going to get sacked, and maybe our fitness coach, Peter Shockman, but... I think it was Greg Williams that really stood up for the club and said, no, just leave him there. And the next preseason, we invited down a sports psychologist. His name was Anthony Stewart, who worked with me in 1994 after I got dropped halfway through the year. Mm. And, uh, you know, he told me these words, I can, and will you just watch me? And he said, you've got to highlight them in your diary every single day. And so he had such great success with me. The club then employed him the next year. And uh, <laughs> he said to David Park, and you've got wonderful leaders at this football club. Why don't you hand over the realm a little bit to them? And, give them a little bit more ownership. Now, I know at the preseason camp, we sat there, midfielders, forwards and defence, and we all came up with this game plan that was very similar to David Parkin's game plan. And I don't know if that was the reason why mm. we played so good that year. I don't know. I don't think our preseason was great as far as I remember, but come during the season, we only lost two games to the two bottom teams, and don't ask me how. It was like, <laughs> yeah. We were like in the meeting room. We're like, what has happened these last two weeks? It was like, you know, oh my goodness, what has happened at this football club? And then we're able to turn it around. And maybe we had the, the most 95 was, I'll always say, the greatest year of my life because yeah, depending on how you're mm. playing and if the team's winning is how you feel throughout the year. And I mean, we yeah. were winning every week and we were there, the most powerful football club in the competition. So you can imagine how wonderful life was back then. And so then, yeah, we went on to win. So... The catalyst, I don't know. There were some aging superstars we had. We knew the window was closing. 
you know, was that the thing? I'm not sure. We mm. got a couple of other players in Matty Clappe and uh, Matthew Hogg and Dean Rice, like, you know, into our team in Camp Rally came as well. And the, those guys were unbelievable. And mm. Brad Pierce stood up that year as well. And us mm-hmm. younger players improved them, you know, all, all together combined. We were just a phenomenal uh, team. Look, this will be the only time that we interrupt this episode. So don't fast forward, please. We're just here for a bit of a special, important announcement. We wanted to make our 100th episode feel special. And so to celebrate the 100th episode, what have we gone and done, Lockie? Give me, I've got the drum roll for you. Boom! Bang! We've got merch, we've got tees on sale right now. Bit more of a visual one. So if you're on YouTube, you can see them flying across your screen right now. If you're if you're streaming, listening to this, unfortunately, you might not see them, but they are at time of recording, at time of listening, actually. They will be on our social. Head over to our big cartel. They're on sale now. Hopefully, they're not all sold out because I think my mum, grandma, all the family will be jumping on there. Hopefully, there's still some available for you guys, but the link to these on our big cartel will be in the show notes, will be in the description, all over our social media at Navy Blue Corner. They are hopefully lovely and beautiful for you guys. And look, all the money obviously goes to, to support this show and allow us to do some amazing things. And hopefully if we can keep uh, raising the funds here, hopefully do a few giveaways as well for you guys that we'd love to do throughout the season. But yes, that is enough spruiking for me. That is the only time we're going to interrupt this episode. Back to the show. Here's our interview with Connor Rogers. Well, I like where your head's at with Matt Matthew Watson on the mind. <laughs> Give us some other niche Carlton players that that stood out for you growing up, because and the yeah. niche are the better. Yeah, well, you know one that actually pops into my head a bit, and he never played a game, but was the great Irish hope Asaki O'Halpin. <laughs> Oh, do, you, yes. do you remember Satan yes. was running around and all the conversation in the stands was wait until you see his younger brother. He's dominating <laughs> the twos. He's going to be the next All-Australian Ruckman. And on there going, Asaki O'Alvin, can't wait. Never played a game and never heard of him again. Oh, one of the greats. Like that was one of those times literally where you're going, look, Satan's okay. Yeah. But his brother's like 211 centimetres, the tallest man on the earth, going yeah. to be a superstar. And yeah, just... Uh, how did he not become one of the all-time greats? I'm still disappointed about that. Get that man a debut, surely. Absolutely. Like I said, Satanta and his little helpers. But I don't remember Santa having a younger brother that was way talented than him. But probably, <laughs> maybe he did and we just haven't found out about him yet like we never found out about Asaki. Other than that, mate, you know, my so my favourite player now, other than, like, aside from Kripa, like I, I put him aside because, like, yep. obviously after everything mm. he's done, he has... You have no choice but to have him as your favourite player. But other than that, mate, I am passionate about Jordan Boyd and it really Mm. hurt my heart to see him get injured. The day before he got injured, uh, I rang up to SEN, which I do semi-regularly, because Adam Cooney and Josh Jenkins put out a phone ask saying, who's the one player that you think is going to jump out the ground at your club Mm. this year? I rang up, raved about Jordan Boyd, and Adam Cooney lost his head because he went, Rog, oh, you didn't know my name was Rog. You said, <laughs> oh, he knew. He knew who he was talking yeah. to. Yeah. He said, Connor, I've only got three names written down on a piece of paper here from the whole league, and top of the list was Jordan Boyd. So we both agreed. Then the day after, he breaks his foot. So Jordan Boyd at the moment, but my Jordan mm. Boyd before Jordan Boyd was David Allard. I love David yeah. Allard. Oh. Mm. That's a good one. Nice. That's a good one. 
I just love the like my favorite players are the ones that just know their role, very mm. crafty, intel may not be the best athletes, but super intelligent and just has a little niche that they find. David Allard, I thought was criminally underrated. Have you got a thing for unesthetic jersey numbers or jumper numbers too? Yeah, because Jared Keisha, he... number thirty-seven, one <laughs> yeah, of the greats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 superstar. That's what we're um, after. Yeah. Keisha. Um, Jared Keisha, he was one and uh, the big bodied midfielder that you thought could do anything. Like it's a bit of like a Tom Bell, but mm-hmm. yeah, no, we've had a lot of false dawns like that. Here is our interview with David Reese Jones. Yeah, and look, look, one thing probably gets spoken about, probably about the current Carlton group at, at the moment is mentality, particularly after how we finished the end of last season and being able to have that ability to step up in those key moments. I guess for you, having been a part of premiership team and such a, an accomplished group as well, what do you think sort of makes or helps build that successful mentality and, and winning culture? Because a lot of our listeners are probably sort of my age that haven't been able to see a lot of success uh, during our lifetime live, we have, we've pretty much grown up watching the, the videos, being able to you know wear the the eighty seven grand final tape out, completely growing up, and yeah, I just love to know getting that insight from someone that's been there and done that when we're at the peak of our powers. Just to how did you what what is the mentality like in that winning culture, and what sort of breeds that? Yeah, well, as I said, when I when I got to Carlton, it was just you know, I mean, they were expected to win it, and it. it mm. The the expectation was was high. I mean, um, John Elliott, you know, I mean, he, he he wouldn't have a good look on his face if you know after after a game we've been beaten, sort of thing. So um, yeah, it was it was the expectations were very high, and I think we're getting to a stage now with our group at the moment where they're putting some high expectations on mm. himself, and, and um, you've got to have the ability to be able to you know uh, yeah. do it to start with. Um, you know, we, we're Bloody good squad back then. As I said, I think we won eighty six and eighty seven reserves uh, grand finals as well. So um, you know, it showed the quality and the, the depth depth we had there. And uh, mm. yeah, so it was um, yeah, it, it was different. But I, I think the guys now, I think they're getting to a stage. And I've been lucky enough. I'm, I'm involved with the past players, and I um, I've been to a couple of couple of functions um, where where the guys have spoken about you know disappointment of last year and mm. and expectations for this year and 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 they're not setting any limits on themselves which is fantastic to hear and and I think um I think when 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 you start thinking about it and you start thinking well Charlie Kurnow should be a better footballer next year you know he's mm. going to improve a bit you know Harry McKay's going to improve a bit Jacob Weedering's going to be a better footballer next year I mean they haven't reached the peak of their powers yeah. yet we've got Cripper probably at the peak of his powers and, you know, in age and experience and everything mm-hmm. else. And and he's probably got, you know, another three or four years um, sitting yeah. up there. But th- these, you know, these other young young guys, I mean, and, and Charlie's missed a lot of footy too. It, it yeah, can get exactly. scary when you think, you know, yeah. these guys could be, you know, um, part of something very, mm-hmm. very special. And, uh, you know, I, I like the fact that we went out at the end of last year and we're recruiting a wingman. I mean, we're going for Blake Akers yeah. and we're going, well, hang on a minute, we're recruiting wingmen. That shows we've got enough confidence in in mm. the depth we've got through that midfield. We're starting to put all the little pieces um, together now and, and, and you know, the, the expectation's high. I think... Um, I think the competition to get a get a game next year is going to be fantastic mm. too for, uh, for a lot of players and... Um, 
And yeah, hopefully I put put a lot that pressure on all year, you know. And um, he'll probably miss Sam Walsh for a month or so, but uh, mm. you know we should have enough in in that midfield to be able to um, to be able to get by anyway. So um, we're we're running out of excuses as Carlton people. So uh, yeah, this year this year I've, I I actually mm. backed it when when the when the odds first come out. I think they come out eleven bucks or something, and I had a hundred bucks of you know on them to to win the flag next year. So. I got on early and um, hopefully, hopefully I'm right. Here is our interview with Pommy and Oz. What are your expectations for season 2023 and what for you has to change for us to make finals? Well, I don't want to play finals just. I want to be in the top yep. four. I think for me, my path mm. of the course is skirting that four to six mark. Mm. Um, that's where I am. I think that, I'm right in 2022 as we made the eight. And I imagine the next logical step on the Voss plan was double chance final. And I think for us, that's where we've got to get it right. Uh, I think we showed enough throughout the year in pieces that we can compete with the best four clubs in this country. It's about learning that consistency. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that I think the best way to miss finals, it sounds sick saying this, it's probably the way we did it. Because all the blame is on them players. They had a thousand opportunities to make that right. At eight and two, you're pretty much in the eight. So for me, I'm hoping that pain catalysts them into another level because I think these boys are good enough now. And I think the time for potential (laughs) and the time for this guy could be good is over now. Now, I think they all are bona fide AFL football stars. And it's time Mm. to go out there now and no shit slogans, no stupid sound bites. Just go in there and you know what? You've earned your stripes now. You've got the best player in the league, Crips. You've got the yeah, yeah. two of the best Coleman medalists now, the last two Colemans on the list. If they can't make finals now, there's probably no point having Carlton Football Club as a football team, is there? It's worrying oh, if we don't. <laughs> I do not want to go there. <laughs> well, it, it, it's there, isn't it? And we've gone mm. through the hard bit of the rebuild. And now you can say the rebuild's over because these players are bona fide AFL superstars. You'd say 10 of the 22 would play in any 18 in the Mm. AFL, any club. Mm. So now, time's now. So for me, top four, top four are don't bother coming. Here is our interview with Terry Degani. And we'd like to hear a little bit more about your life as a Carlton fan and we're going to start with, is there a, a moment that you remember when you were a kid or growing up that, that made you fall in love with Carlton? Or I guess a really iconic moment that sort of stands out to you where you almost realised how much this club does mean to you, that it's a bit more than just a hobby? Can start off with two? a softball question. Yeah. I'll give you two. So there's the first time I went to the footy. I was like four years old. It was the very first time. I don't remember a specific moment. I don't remember anything specific happening. I just remember the electricity of the crowd. Mm. We're at um, Optus Oval. We played St. Kilda. I don't even know if we won the game, but I remember this feeling that has stuck with me forever. Just, just, you know, sucked Mm. in just, you know, that feeling, the electricity in the crowd, the passion, um, just that feeling of joy and electricity. That was probably what got me hooked. Um, And then the moment where I realized it's just more than a hobby was probably 2020, um, so yeah. we were in lockdown and we played the dogs early in the year. We belted them. Um, 
And I remember crying after the game because I'm like, oh my God, we're here. We've arrived and I'm not even going to be there to watch it. So that's the first time I think I've admitted that as well. <laughs> well that's oh, good. Now it. that's, yeah, I mean like those moments, I know like for myself, just thinking back, being a fan as a kid, there was something special about Prince's Park, like walking into that. I just, there's so many games that I probably can't even tell you who we were playing. I probably was too young to even really understand what was going on on the field. But I don't know, just being there with this atmosphere where it was like 99% Carlton supporters, everyone just having a good time. I don't know. There was something about that that definitely for me as well, I can totally relate to that just being that moment where you go, like, I just want to be here every week. There's something about this atmosphere that isn't replicated in many things in life. It's just so much fun. No, absolutely. It's a special, it's a special family to be a part of. It's funny because like, I don't know about you guys. I go a little insane this time of the year. I really, really mm. miss the footy. Okay. It's part mm-hmm. of like my identity. And then the footy comes around and then by about round 15, 16, just so far deep in the rabbit hole that you go insane. Um, so yeah, I'm working on the balance. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking myself back now to like my first game that I would have gone to. And I think the only player that I knew was Captain Carlton. I remember that. <laughs> that was my favorite player at the time. I was like the man doing the cartwheels and the backflips. So thanks for listening to our 100th episode. We hope you enjoyed all the snippets of, of some of those interviews there. As we mentioned at the top of the show, all of those episodes in full will be out one released daily for this whole week to celebrate mm-hmm. the occasion. Thank you again for your support throughout these 100 episodes and hopefully to 100 more. And thanks again to Tonic on Churn for sponsoring this episode. Lovely restaurant bar on the Gold Coast. Make sure if, you're, if you live up there, head in. If you don't, whenever you go up to the Gold Coast, pop in, have a drink. Tell Hugh that we sent you there. He's a fellow bagger, so would absolutely love that. But yes, thank you again for 100 episodes. See you guys next time.